Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show to make data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. Today, I have a special guest on. His name is Tarush. He is an amazing, amazing person. And we're going to talk about how you can build your own data platform without building anything, okay? He's going to explain that to you in in very few simple words, right? And he's also going to be able to tell us how we can work on things like business analytics, right? You know, we're going to talk about a little bit, a little bit about business analytics. We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of no code. All right. And, and, and look, in my eyes, no code. Okay. You're, you're not going to lose your job, but we'll hear from the expert. Okay. We'll hear from the expert as to what, what he thinks. Um, and also talk about data platform, what that means. All right. As you all know, my background has been uh, storage, virtualization, programming, development, and now data science. And I truly believe data platforms are very important. You think about it from ingest all the way to visualization, okay? You have to have a platform in place to be able to host all of that, right? That whole workflow from beginning to end, so it's important. So without further ado, I want to introduce you all to Tarush. Tarush, say hey. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, Very, very excited to be here and hopefully add some value to your audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I'm sure you will. Tarus is the founder and CEO of 5X. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about 5X. That offers data reporting as a service uh, so users can make data-driven decisions faster. And, you know, I always talk about data-driven decisions, how important that is, you know, and it's necessary to succeed in in all aspects, right? We've talked to uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies. We've talked to uh, uh, restaurants, right? And so when you're talking to all these different companies, one thing that we found out is that they make data-driven decisions all the time. And so Tarush is going to be able to help us out with that. He is also one of the leading experts in leveraging data for exponential growth in the world. And previously, okay, this is this is one of my favorite parts about his background, is that he actually used to work at WeWork, okay? I love WeWork. I've talked about it before in my podcast. You know, I am, you know, and I'm, I never try to sell WeWork, right? I'm not getting any money for it or anything like that. But, you know, I like going to um, places to really get away and be able to think and, and, and do work on my own. I can do my podcast in there. I can do all that good stuff. So fun stuff, fun stuff, you know. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Tarush. Tarush, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um. Yeah, happy to you know give you a little bit of background on myself. Uh, I uh, was fortunate enough, went to engineering school, did computer science at Carnegie Mellon, and uh, got a job at uh, you know out of college in Silicon Valley at a company called Salesforce. And very very early, I think on my first day of work, I realized I'm going to be a, a terrible software engineer. Uh, and, <laughs> you know and a lot of it for me was, you know, number one, obviously, software engineering is extremely important, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the it's the backbone of technology. But I wasn't very interested, you know, in like large company software engineering, where you know you're working on a small feature, 
uh, on on a product and a lot of that product is already built so it's mm-hmm. more like maintain and you know incremental update then you know that just wasn't exciting for me uh, and you know back in this was 2011 data was very much at its infancy and mm-hmm. you know salesforce didn't have a dedicated data team facebook at that time you know had just really announced these roles for data engineer uh you know it was very very much at its infancy and a guy called um uh maxim maybe uh, probably the sort of godfather of data engineering had you know just written this blog post on on, on which is called the rise of the data engineer mm-hmm. found, you know it was just a very exciting time and you know it was in the right place at the right time got to work with a product manager uh, at salesforce and really you know the build you know the first version of um uh, extracting metric from log files uh, at salesforce which later became how we did things like benchmarking and uh, usage metrics across different features across different clouds uh, and that really became the sort of foundation of the data team and i think that experience is really profound for me in you know making this switch towards sort of data and you know long story short been really fortunate to like ride that wave over the last you know 12 13 years um mm-hmm. you know very sort of focused on that lane uh and about um you know a year a year year and a half ago i sort of started 5x uh with the goal of uh, of really making it very very simple uh for you know for your seed round of your series a type of companies or you know or anything bigger to be able to get you know the same level of infrastructure and data platform as companies like salesforce or we work or any of these larger mm-hmm. companies might have with you know 50 or 100 people working on you know sort of building this out um so sort of really you know the goal which we're playing it is that you know in in the next 10 years data is going to become as commonplace as digital marketing is today where mm-hmm. you know often speak to sort of often speak to companies who are not fully sure what their product is but they know what they sort of go to market or the digital marketing strategy is right it's become so mainstream and all of a sudden you know we see is that digital marketing is now becoming you know it's no longer a competitive advantage and really digital marketing 2.0 or you know the next step is really data and then mm-hmm. that's what we're really trying to focus on sorry there's a really long uh, introduction I, i got excited at some point No 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 that's that's great you know and I'm I'm glad like you're explaining that background you know and 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 you brought up a good point right you know data will be that deciding factor right you know going forward I truly believe the same thing because when you look at data right you know it's that supportive nature for me right it supports your decisions that you're making uh because you really can't knowledge is bias or something right just push that which is a lot of that right you know and it's not clean and you know that's a whole other topic but uh but most of the time right you can't deny the facts right that are there put in front of you and so i think that that would be the way to to beat the competitive advantage right you know you have the data right there in front of you helping you make those decisions data driven decisions so i, w- I want to dive a little bit deeper into 5x right How do you like explain what 5x really does, right? You know, that would be a good starting point because I looked at the website and it is an amazing amazing um 
company that you have developed, you have started out, you and your team, and I think the world needs to understand you a little bit better about what 5S is doing. Yeah, totally. Thank you for the thank you for the kind words. And um, you know, kind of as you said earlier, the, a sort of one line is build your own data platform without building anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, to go one level deeper, what is really a data platform? Now, to understand that, we need to understand that you know your average company today, your average startup has got over ten different data sources. So you have your backend databases, you might have your CRM and Salesforce, you might have Facebook ads, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, you might have help desk software with Intercom or Zendesk, you might have um, you know, Stripe integration, uh, some like marketing tools, some email marketing. Um, you know, There are over 200 different data sources and your average company is using 10 at any point. And I'm not talking about like Slack and Zoom and you know, software, I'm talking about actual sources of like customer data, which are really valuable for you to know. Now, you know, in this world where we have all these different data sources, you know, when a company is just sort of starting off, you can, you might use like Facebook ad manager, or you might, you know, use Google analytics to track your web traffic, but you reach this point and that's typically late you know, seed early series A where you found mm-hmm. product market fit and you know what you're doing and you have a product which works. And now you need to go scale this. And all of a sudden you realize that you need a more holistic way of looking at data. How do you correlate Facebook and Google ads and, and you know, which is the better one? Or how do you look at your customer life sort of life cycle all the way from marketing, sales to you know, onboarding, to engagement, uh, to sort of renewals and answer questions holistically. And in order to do that, you need to very simply, you need to have a central place to analyze model structure, clean sort of data. Um, right. So you need to basically start to centralize it. And, you know, that is really the sort of foundation of what a data, of, of what a data platform does. It gives you the ability to make sense from all of your data coming from all these different data sources. Now, this sounds quite simple, but if you look at how it's set up today, just in order to, you know, ingest your data, then to store it, then structure it, and your reporting, and you push it back into some of these systems. So you have intelligence in these systems to surface customer dashboards. Um, you know, all of these, each of these are individual vendors. And I just mm-hmm. make, you know, eight, nine different vendors. And the way the industry is set up today is you have to go, you, you, you is you'll go to each of these vendors, you'll sign an enterprise contract, which means you're negotiating, your legal team is reviewing a contract, and then you have to go stitch this together and build your own platform, which takes companies four months today. So mm-hmm. before you really get started, you've probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in hiring talent and signing these contracts, paying for a lot of them upfront if they don't have self-service, and then stitching this together. And moving forward is spending about 30% of your time on maintenance of just I'm about to say they have to maintain it, right? <laughs> so, you know, in some ways, this makes this made sense five years ago because companies like WeWork and Salesforce and Twitter and you know large tech companies would deploy an army of engineers to go do this. Well, you know, if if every company is gonna do data in the next 10 years, what percentage of companies, like 95% of companies want to be users and not really 
you know, they don't need to be creators of their own stack and, and have mm -hmm. custom infrastructure. Um, so what 5X really does is we want to be, you know, in some ways, the sort of square space of the modern data stack, right? Mm -hmm. In Squarespace before it existed, to, to like deploy your website, you, you needed to do, you know, have a separate design team, a front end team, an infrastructure team, deploy it, monitor it. And in Squarespace, you know, made this really easy. You had e-commerce plugins and you had mm -hmm. analytics and deployment and drag and drop, and, you know, very, very simple where, you know, single person could get a lot of value. So in some ways, that's one analogy to like look at 5X. We basically partner with all of these best-in-class vendors. So mm. have, um, you know, for those of you who are familiar with some of the data vendors, so Snowflake, Fivetran, mm -hmm. DT, uh, companies like, you know, Tableau, Preset, Mixed oh. Segment, you know, mm. these are the usual suspects when you think about mm. all these different categories in data. What 5X does is we have integrations, you know, API integrations with these vendors. We have billing contracts pre-negotiated. You know, we have a large platform, um, a large data engineering team, and we've really allow you to pick and choose which vendors make sense for you. And then at the push of a button, uh, we would deploy your own accounts with each of these vendors and we would stitch it all together. So uh, it's all pre-configured, pre-set up. And at the end of the month, you get one bill uh, for your infrastructure. This is you know dependent on either on basically how you use the platform. So it scales up. Does that make sense? No, that's all. No, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, and I think the audience, I think you've definitely broken it down for audience. And you mentioned a couple of things there, right? You know, which was amazing to me, but some of the things that stood out, right? A lot of people use some of those tools that you mentioned, like Tableau, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then also you didn't mention this, but I'm, I'm assuming if you compare Tableau, that's like Microsoft BI, right? You know, uh, those type of platforms that are out there, um, those platforms are heavily used today in many companies. Okay, and you almost have to have this specific skill set to know Tableau, right? And if you try to transfer it over, you know the foundation maybe of, of Microsoft BI, but you still you still got to have this specific skill set with that, right? Uh, but all of that sums up to it. It reminds me of a story. I remember being when I first started working in the, in, in the tech industry. And I went over to a, a person, right? This woman, she was over there and, um, and like across from me. And she said, you know, she had, uh, well, this is not when I first started working in the tech industry, but this was later on, probably about three years ago. But she said, hey, you know, I am a business analyst, right? You know, she said, I'm a business analyst. She had Tableau up. She said, she had Microsoft BI up. She had uh, these other visualization tools up, right? And, and at the time, I really didn't understand as much about them. And I was like, well, I've never heard of a business analyst, analyst right? I've heard of data, data analysts. I've heard of data scientists. And I was like, what the crap? What, what, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, are we just making up uh, positions now? And so, you know, over time, I kind of started to understand that there's differentiators between all of that, right? You know, talk a little bit about you know, the importance of business analytics, right? I want to dive into that because you all are solving a problem that helps out with the business analysts as well. You sure. know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a great question. And 
again, going one level higher, right? Just to kind of set some context. Now, no one is doing data for the sake of doing data, right? Like, no <laughs> the sake of building it. It's always a means to optimize the business. It's fundamentally, mm. the purpose of data is three things. Either number one is to make more money for the business. That's typically mm -hmm. your sort of go to market strategy. Where are your customers coming from? Which sort of channels do you have? How uh, how do you basically get more customers? Which channels to focus on and which channels to not, right? Everything around mm -hmm. Number two is to really, in some ways, save money, right? How do you, uh, you know, who your customers, how they're using your product? How do you personalize your product for your different type of customers? How do you increase engagement and decrease churn and really save the business money? Um, so that's, you know, broadly speaking, the sort of second use case, which is how do you, uh, you know, how do you um, increase engagement? How do you save money for the business? The third mm -hmm. one, you know, is around optimization. Now, whether this could be optimizing supply chain, it could be, up, you know, uh, it could be better visibility into where you're spending money, who are your best sales reps, how do you make customer service more efficient, whatever the use case is, it's, you know, around really optimizing the business, which is doing more with less. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is the reason any company is sort of doing it, right? And you can have the data infrastructure, you can have the data engineers, you can have the data scientists, but really, you know, there is this layer of how do you take these insights, which the business or these capabilities, which the business is producing and start to make sense of that. And that is really where, you know, analytics starts or like your analyst starts to really uh, sort, of, sort, of, sort of come in. So, you know, your analysts in some ways are, they're taking the output of the data platform of your data scientists, of your data engineers, and they're working with the business to essentially implement or action or really change the language of these of sort of, of these metrics in a way which is really digestible by the business. Does that kind of make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. So what would you say your typical persona is when it comes down to the 5X, right? Like that customer, Right? Sure. Is it the data scientist? Is it the engineer, or yeah. is it the CTO? Right? You know, yeah. I mean, what, what, what is it? So you know, the buyer of who we are really focused on at this stage is you know the CTO of um, you know a seed or Series A company. Again, kind of as I said earlier, they found some sort of product market fit, and they now need to go invest mm -hmm. inside the data ecosystem, and mm -hmm. that's often very overwhelming. You know, they ask them all the same questions you're asking is you know, what's a data engineer, what's a data analyst, you know, which tools mm -hmm. are we, like, and we take away, you know, it's just like marketing today or digital marketing today is a lot more than a post on Instagram in that same <laughs> way. Data today is a lot more than hiring a data analyst, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it's, in some ways we take away all that complexity. So our buyer is, you know, the CTO of a company um, at the moment, and, you know, depending on the company size, uh, if the company is a little bit bigger, it, it, it could be, you know, head of data or someone on the data team. But the people who use our platform are what become your data team. So that is your data analyst, your data engineer, uh, your sort of data scientist. They're the ones who want access to these tools. They're interested in exploring new tools and adding new tools to the stack, potentially interested in looking at how these tools talk to each other and you know having a data set 
uh, a fully set up data set across the entire platform to you know have a template of you know of how do you build some of these analysis um so yeah no i i appreciate you uh giving that answer because a lot of our audience they want to know differentiation right between all that they want to understand that background you know so when when we talk about no code right you know i mentioned no code earlier there's like low code there's no code right you know for me i'm a huge coder right yeah you know, that's just my background and so at one point yeah i'll be completely honest to the audience when i ended up hearing this word no code i was like oh crap I'm Gary lose my freaking job, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure that, that that's a lot of people that do that. Right. And we think about low code and no code tools, you know, I'm thinking, will that help developers go faster and build more or does it take away opportunities for them? Right. You know, yeah. uh, what's your thoughts on that? Sure. You know, I, I love this question and I'm, I'm going to stay very specific to the data context just so that mm -hmm. I can go a lot deeper um, because it's very contextual depending on the field, right? And mm -hmm. there, there could be some similarities in software, but you know, for the sake of being able to answer your question in, in, a, in a good way, I want to kind of go a lot deeper in the data space. So, you know, I think every, you know, I think a lot of industries or a lot of fields follow a triangle. And the triangle is more like a sort of pyramid. And if you look at the data pyramid, you know, in some ways, a lot of people compare it to like backlog pyramids of needs, but it's this sort of data pyramid. But, you know, layer one is infrastructure. Uh, and that is, you know, the tools you need to pull data from different sources and to model it and to clean it. And then mm -hmm. the next layer on top of that could be data sets, right? And layer on top of that is data modeling and then reporting and then, you know, uh, analysis and then machine learning and then you know recommendations right so you have these layers which are really built on top of each other and you know each of these layers has typically required a different skill set so you have infrastructure or data platform engineers and on top of that you have data engineers and on top of that you have data analysts and on top of that you have data scientists and what these roles are really doing is they're working on the output of the previous layer in order to do their jobs and to produce a better layer of you know simplification of infrastructure simplification modeling insights which ultimately help the business so what you know when i think about a platform like 5x what 5x is doing is removing your need to really build out your infrastructure to do this sort of integration to really hire in these data platform engineers. Um, we're really solving a lot of that and really making it even one level, making it a lot easier for your data engineers to, you know, do what they're meant to do. So in some ways, you know, you can call us a no code because you don't have to go manually build these integrations and stitch them together, but we're, you know, with a low code of layers one and partly layers two. So, you know, what in some ways we are doing is yes, you know, as a data platform engineer, we're in some ways, you know, competing, I wouldn't say really competing, but you know, smaller companies probably we're not gonna hire these engineers anyway, but we're sort of 
we're building a layer of abstraction or we're starting to sort of, sort of commoditize the sort of lowest layer of the pyramid. Now, by doing this, it, there's no way we're, you know, getting rid of code because if you want to clean your data and model it and build reporting, you're still, you know, you're still writing SQL for that, you know, in order to do data scientist, in order to do data science, you're still writing Python code for that. You're just mm-hmm. not writing that first two layers of the of the tri- of the triangle. Ah, right, right. You know, when you think about is this taking on jobs, you know, and the answer is always um, we're really taking those layers of abstraction and moving it more up stack. Where if you're a company like WeWork, I can talk about the WeWork example. Probably had a hundred percent data team, about twenty-five of those people were working on the data platform, which is you know layers one, layers two. You know what 5x makes very compelling to 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 even a company of that size is like why do you need those 25 people what what comparative advantage does we work have in building out its own data platform nothing mm-hmm. not, you know it's not a company like google or it's not a company like facebook which is really you know needs to have this because they're doing things which no one else does not. Um, 5x gives you an opportunity to basically take that talent and instead of hiring those the infrastructure engineers Hire more data scientists, hire more data analysts, hire more data engineers who are who are focused uh, much closer to actually driving business output for the business using the infrastructure. Yeah. So it's always, right. you know, in some ways, you know, using the Amazon example is like, you know, companies, you know, used to have a lot more database administrators. This was a sort of title 10 years ago just optimizing a database and with modern databases like Postgres and data warehouses, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Anymore. Those people haven't lost jobs. Those people have just reskilled into moving higher up the stack, higher up the food chain. And a lot of those people today would be considered data analysts or they would be uh, DevOps engineers or they would, some of them would be software engineers. So in the same way, you know, we feel like it's time for, some of the infrastructure grant work of, of, the, of the data platform to go away and companies to start to focus um, on a higher level of abstraction. Yeah, and, and many organizations, so I've come across many organizations that have, that prefer to build from scratch, right? Sure. To be honest. I mean, especially working at these different agencies, but you think about the time efficiency Right. You think about like how like you're trying to build this from scratch. You can get the same end result uh, by using a platform like yours. Right. You're sitting there trying to build everything from scratch and then your your time to mission right, is 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 it takes long as crap now. Right. Do you see competitiveness against people right now that are trying to build from scratch and complete in the end solution? You know, I think. When you say build from scratch again, it's all it's very relative, right? Like building from scratch is, you know, at the very lowest foundation layer. It's at the HTTP layer. You're reinventing the packet, <laughs> like you know, right. uh, at the you know compiler layer, at the uh, you know deployment, you know, at the deployment layer. You in some ways building your own Amazon Web Services or building your own EC2. And the answer mm-hmm. is, you know, even when we talk about the build versus buy or the build from scratch. You know, you're assuming a base layer which you're building on top of. And right. layer today is, you know, you're probably using Kubernetes. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not managing deploying across thousands of instances and and like auto scaling and scaling up and scaling down and you know you're probably using some sort of jdbc driver and you're mm-hmm. probably using some sort of framework you know whether it's like the django framework or ruby on rails just depending on what you are right so right. so building from scratch base layer has changed so much it's gone five layers up in the last yeah, right in the last five layers great so, point <laughs> matter you know if a company is 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 sort of is sort of starting on base layer four or six and you might you know in your case what you're saying is if a, if a business is you know a lot more like to build from scratch they might be one or two layers behind where, where the industry starts off today because they're already building from scratch now yeah like 5x you know we're we're sort of definitely building the next base layer, right? And it'll be mm-hmm. a percentage, it'll be like 50% of customers who will be like, yeah, this makes sense. We would rather start at the next base layer. And it might be, you know, a percentage of customers who 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 don't see it, it, it's sort of valuable right now. But guess what? You know, over the next one or two or three years, as we start building the next layer, the next layer, and the next layer, it's just a matter of time before, you know, this layer becomes so sort of standard. So, you know, we, we, we don't really see, you know, are we competing with companies who want to do it from scratch? The industry is, is, is adding more and more layers. That's just what, like, as data becomes more mainstream, that's just what happens. Um, and, you know, we believe it's time for this layer uh, to sort of be gone. So it, it doesn't matter if you use us now, you use us two, two, sort of two years from now. Right. But that's really where we're going. Does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. And you just said you shed a lot of light on the fact that um, it's a it's the perspective, right, of the end user and what they believe that building from scratch is. Because like years ago, right, building from scratch was writing C code down to the garbage collection and all that crap, right? You know, now it could be like you said, building from scratch could be where you're at right now, and then you know, ten years from now. You know, it's just like the um, as a service models that go on, right? You know, the infrastructure service, you know, platform as a service, software as a service. Eventually, you don't have to do anything, right? You know, you're just moving little pieces around, and that still could be called building from scratch because that's the way the industry is going, you know. So I like that. We always add more layers of abstraction. I mean, we always, you know, go higher up the chain, right? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. AI and you know sort of recommendations and insights is still very much at the infancy, but you know we're starting to add a few layers there, which means that there are only a certain amount of layers you know we can actually sort of control and focus on before it just gets you know too much for the human brain to sort of even even sort of comprehend. So naturally speaking, if you're interested in like you know one layer up, at some point it's like how do you let go of the the sort of last layer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's a you know a self-fulfilling prophecy as you know we want to get more advanced and more like AI that mm-hmm. we we start to get rid of more of the infrastructure. It's not like getting yeah. rid of it, it's still you know very much there, but making it exponentially easier. Right, right. It's about ease being easier. And yeah. Things like Chef and sort of Kubernetes and you know other technologies like that didn't get rid of like managing your software deployment process they basically made it a lot easier to manage 
Um, and right. that's really, you know, that's the same way which we look at building your data platform without actually building physical integrations between different layers of your data stack. Right, right. So, so talking about that data platform really quick, and I know there's something you definitely highlighted. We talked about the importance, but really making that connection between, because me as a data scientist, right, I understand because I, I came from the data platform background, right? You know, I came from that background to be able to understand how important it is as a developer yeah. and data scientist. Uh, do you believe that it's very important for a developer, a data scientist to understand what a data platform is? Or do you think that, you know, separation is okay or cool? Um, I think, I think it's like relative, right? Depending on the company size, at a larger company size, you know, you have, you're a lot more mature. You can expect high quality their data models. You can expect this mm -hmm. to be cubed. You don't need to worry about it at a startup, you know, for a lot of data scientists, a lot of data scientists who the first hires, you know, maybe at that point, the, the sort of, you know, the hiring managers didn't understand that in order for a data scientist to do their job, you need to have the data infrastructure in place, the data flowing in mm. centrally, it cleaned, it modeled, it structured. So if you're a data scientist who doesn't have all of that, you know, chances are you're not really even doing data science because you're going to be spending mm -hmm. your time building the platform, cleaning, ingesting, modeling, structuring before you even get into it, right? So I think it's sort of right. relative. In the last two, three years, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the most common story in data science is I'm not doing any data science work because the company I'm working for doesn't understand that there needs to be a lot more before you can sort of do data science, right? And going back to my analogy, uh, you're trying to design the penthouse of your skyscraper when you haven't really built your first floor. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's typically what's happening. And all of a sudden now, uh, you know, with maybe 5X being one of them, but, you know, with more advancements in like, you know, even, you know, some of the clouds like Google Cloud making a few things, you know, easier mm -hmm. tools like DBT, this is all of a sudden mm -hmm. not that daunting, um, but you know, still, it's still very, very much real. So I think, you know, a few years from now, as some of these layers become, as you know, building foundations and, you know, your first 10, 15 floors of your skyscraper really become um, a lot more streamlined, um, you will be able to live in a world where as a data scientist, you don't need to care about a lot of the layers before. I think as it's mm -hmm. sort of today, someone, someone graduating from college today, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, it's not, might not be important to have a PhD on like the layers before, but I think mm -hmm. working knowledge of how they work, um, will be a massive competitive advantage, at least for the next few years. Right. I agree. It, it may not be a necessity, but it definitely is an advantage to have that knowledge and background, you know, really? um, if you don't have it, you like you're like removing yourself from working from like 60, 70 percent of companies who mm -hmm. don't have that layer, that level of majority. Uh, That's so a great point. You, you know, apart from big tech, um, you know, you probably won't be able to work at a startup or a mid-sized company uh, mm -hmm. unless you sort of understand that. And no sort of I think just as an industry develops, like it's just the most exciting time to work in data in an earlier stage company because there's just so mm -hmm. much happening. Um, so 
my 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 recommendation would be um you know there's more exciting stuff happening um in those intermediate layers sort of today there's more business value created today in the modeling you know in the reporting in the you know in the data in sort of the metrics layer uh sort of today necessarily than the pure data scientist yours my mm. uh fancy data model which predicts <laughs> right um, i think we're yeah i think there's more value in the intermediate layers today than the high than the highest layer okay i agree i agree so uh thank you again for being on the data is my science podcast at the end i like to i like to end with a dope nugget or gem and for what i've learned today is that those customer data platforms they serve as that foundational layer right mark uh for things like marketing personalization right sales enablement you know customer experience and more whatever it is right that end to end from ingestion to the end right always the visualization you know and there may be another end past that but that whole transformation process i think that it data platform is very very key and it's not a tool with a single dedicated user right it has a wide variety of potential applications out there right and and that that customer data platform those users are continuously uh discovering new ways to use it so is there anything that you uh want to uh, leave the audience with today i think the biggest recommendation i would give you is investing in a data strategy uh mm. you know like you can do it in like whatever way which makes sense for you but not doing it is probably the best, <laughs> best mistake to avoid yeah no i agree man that that is a that is a dope nugget for sure you know uh, for any organization whether small or big all right let's get into this game really quick The game that I like to play is called Overrated Underrated as we talked about it before. I got it from a uh, uh, shout out to Gary V a mentor of mine. It is this is an amazing game. I love it. It keeps it exciting, right? It shows the audience that we're not just geeks all the time. We care about some of the stuff that y'all care about too, right? We have opinions about it if anything. All right. So, I asked you uh, about four or five topics, maybe seven. and sure. you get a chance to choose whether you think it's overrated underrated or right where it needs to be ready yeah, yeah that's it all right dancing underrated underrated you love the dance i think living in like south america for um for a year last year uh for sure had too little dancing in my life and uh it's sort of a beautiful way to like connect and uh, express Okay, okay. I love dancing myself. All right, traveling. Uh I think it's where it's at. Uh uh-huh. I think, it's I think um, traveling is uh, as someone who travels, you know, is six it spends six months of the year traveling. Um I think uh traveling is one of the best experiences in life. Um mm-hmm. I think there's enough hype there's enough you know talk there's enough um sort of resources around travel um such so that I think it's it's sort of properly rated in terms of um you know the sort of joy as well as the the hype around so what it gives you mm-hmm. all right the brooklyn bridge uh 
I think the Brooklyn Bridge is properly rated. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously, it could be wider and bigger and faster. <laughs> I, I don't really get stuck on the Brooklyn Bridge. Maybe on the Manhattan part, you know, uh -huh. bridge. But it's also got the cycling paths and the walking, and you know, it's part of like popular culture uh, mm -hmm. for, for like for like tourists visiting. So I think the Brooklyn Bridge is where it's at. Is it's correctly rated. All right, the printer. Uh, overrated. It's time for it to go. <laughs> time for it to go, man. I'm with you with that. <laughs> All right. New Year's Eve celebrations. Overrated. Uh, I'm with you with that, man, too. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love this line where um, one of the lines that really inspires me, which is build a life you don't need to vacation from, where mm -hmm. every day could be that vacation for you. Um, and there's a lot of things going on in that line, which is like, you know, obviously loving what you do and, you know, being able to have the freedom to be able to, you know, to be able to make all time playtime, not necessarily have that much differentiation. And I look at New Year's as the same kind of myth, right? Where it's like the myth of mm -hmm. a vacation, where right. every day could be that party, that big celebration, that big whatever you're looking for. There's no one day of the year you have to wait for that. That's true. That's true. I like it. I like it. Well, Tarouj, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, this is the Data Month Science Podcast audience, the show that makes data your passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data. Thank you again, Tarouj. Where can they reach you at? And is there anything that you're promoting right now? Uh, I mean, you can reach us in all sorts of channels. Our website is 5x.co. Uh, you can reach me on uh, Twitter at, it's just my name. It's at Tarish. Um, Instagram is I am Tarish. Um, you know, you can reach out to 5x. Uh, you know, you can reach out to me directly at Tarish at 5x.co. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear from you. Uh, happy to have any of these conversations. And um, um, thank you so much for having me on the show. And hope um, this was valuable to your audience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you again, audience, and you can reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of the social media platforms. Love you all. Peace. Till next time. Thank you for listening to The Data is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data.